We've hit one o'clock, uh, two hours to go on Afternoons with Steffi. A big g'day to the people that have been the Rural Roundup for the uh, 12 to 1 hour. Just letting you guys know and any new listeners as well, we had a Warriors out in the first 12 to 1. You can go back and listen to those chats as soon as Sammy's podcast them, which he's probably done now. He's very efficient. We played chats I had with Roger Tuivasa Shek, Chance Nickel Crookstar, Dallin Watini Zalesniaks, uh, just the one of them, and Rocco Berry as well. So they will be all available for you to listen on demand. Still to come between two and three, we have um, Brett Cameron from the Hurricanes and the Hurricanes Super Rugby Show, 2 to, uh, 2.30. And then 2.30 till 3, Lachlan McWannell. I hope I've got that right. Lachlan McWannell? Because it's WH, could be... F- McQuannell, McQuannell, okay, Lachlan McQuannell. Blues lock, um, I don't think he's played for the Blues yet, uh, but there's been a few injuries in and around there, so maybe it's not going to be too long, but that's who we're going to talk to. I'd love to hear about his background in the game. Memory serves me, he played New Zealand under-20s at one stage as well, and I think he's about 24-ish now. So that's uh, still to come on the show but it is a big thanks to Gallagher uh, exclusive insurance partner of the New Zealand Open and with that let's head off to Queenstown now which is going to be the focal point for sports fans and golf fans in particular it is the 103rd is it the running of the New Zealand Golf Open? Bruce Young will tell me. He's he's on the fairways which is absolutely brilliant and great to have you in New Zealand covering our event Bruce welcome in. Thanks, Staff. Yeah, you're right. It is the 103rd New Zealand Open. They missed a couple because of COVID, of course. Uh, their 100th anniversary was about five years ago, but um, the 103rd staging of it uh, first came here to Millbrook or Hills initially, and then Millbrook Hills combination, and now just centred on Millbrook because they've now got 36 holes here, which is able to accommodate the Pro-Am style format that they've adopted and has made this tournament so successful over the last... 10 years or so, um, and it's really built the prize money from when they first brought it down to this part of the world back in 2014. I think it was about 800, 750, 800,000. Now it's at 2 million New Zealand dollars. So they've done a, a, just a fabulous job of, of building this tournament, uh, and we're really looking forward to yet another outstanding, classy week here at Millbrook. Does the pro-am nature of the tournament, early stage, has that helped build the prize money? Because that's quite a significant growth, Bruce. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, essentially, uh, because there are about 120 pros and 120 amateurs, and those amateurs are paying a fair old whack for those that are actually playing. There's obviously a few celebrities playing. We've got the likes of a few cricketers, Ricky Ponting, Stephen Fleming, and uh, beefy both them and uh, and Ash Barty, the uh, Australian Open and the Wimbledon tennis champion. She's playing here this week as well as part of the celebrity mix. But it's the it's the the amateurs that are paying for the privilege to play here uh, that really have uh, helped fund the tournament to a large extent. It gets a little bit of government funding, but it but they've really done a great job in building a, a strong level of sponsorship for the tournament. So it's a combination of a range of things. But I can genuinely say, and I talked to a number of players about this, that this is really, um, for the for the Australasian Tour players especially, but we've now got a Japan Tour component and an Asia, it's also jointly sanctioned with the Asian Tour. I can genuinely say that this is really probably the most popular event 
on the PGA Tour of Australasia for those that are able to get here. Kazuma Kabori, um, you and I have waxed lyrical about this young man, about his laconic nature, nothing seems to faze him, and bundled into all that, he's got a very, very good golf game, he's got an uncomplicated swing that doesn't seem to break down, and given all the success he's had over, over the last two or three months, this is going to be his biggest test. It will be to a large extent because obviously it's his national open, but he did play well here last year. He finished sixth last year as an amateur before he started that fairly significant run last year when he won the Australian amateur. He won the Australian amateur just before coming here, but he went to the States and won that Western amateur championship and then uh, was the leading amateur at the Eisenhower and gained his PGA Tour card before he even turned professional. So it was a great run in the latter stages of his amateur career. And we've seen over the last two months or so in Australia how much he's dominated the tour. He leads their order of merit. Uh, a win here would consolidate his position on top. In fact, probably not even a win. The top three would consolidate his position on top of the uh, order of merit. And therefore, get, he would... Uh, well, he's on track to get a DP World Tour card next season anyway because the leading three players from the Australasian Tour Order of Merit uh, gain their DP World Tour card. So it's been a, a, an amazing run so early in his professional career for Kazuma Kabori and it'll be very interesting to see how he goes here uh, around a golf course which in many ways should suit him because it's not a particularly long golf course, Millbrook, and it's quite firm uh, at the moment. Uh, and I, I just don't, you know, the, there's been a lot of discussion about the fact that he's not a powerful hitter of the golf ball, but he's a very strategic player. And I think this is the sort of golf course that will suit him well. The necess- well, the non-necessary of length could uh, help Steve Elker to maybe maybe a bit better performance. I think he was a bit disappointed in his last appearance at the New Zealand Open. Um, he's had another stellar 12 months. Um, could you see him... Um, annoying the scoreboard attendance to put his name up quite high? I see no reason why not, to be honest, because he was a little bit under the weather last year. He was a crook here when he was here last year, and I think that took some of the gloss off his game. But uh, he has picked up, you mentioned there about the fact that you know, the shortness of the golf course, not it's not short golf course, but it's not a you know particularly long golf course. But um, he's really picked up a bit of length as a senior golfer now, and uh, we've sent, I was just doing some calculations on his career since in the two and a half, just over two and a half years since he joined the PGA Tour Champions. He's now had eight wins on that tour. He's won seven and a half million US dollars. It's been a phenomenal run. It's really only the likes of Bernard Langer and Padraig Harrington that have really um, equaled his success. In fact, Alka's probably bettered their success over the last couple of years for sure. And I think there'll be a fascination here tomorrow. He's playing with Brendan Jones in the opening round, mm. who the defending champion, who's a reasonably long hitter, Brendan. It'll be interesting to see how much disparity there is between the two when they both get in a position to hit drivers on certain holes. Uh, but um, it's just great to have Steve back. It's great to see him come back and support his National Open, especially with the tremendous amount of success that he's had over the last couple of years or so. It's great to think. There's so many good stories amongst the Kiwi golfers. We've got Kazuma Kabori and then jump two generations. You've got Stephen Elka. And then in the middle of them all, we've got the likes of Dan Hillier, who's top 30 player on the DP World Tour at the moment, a new arrival on that tour. Ben Campbell, who's had a pretty good year as well. And he's got good form in Queenstown because it's his, good, it's his home course. What, what advantage playing on a course you know so well? 
Well, I think it is definitely an advantage. I think although these days in modern day professional golf, I mean, these guys are traveling so much and adjusting so quickly week by week that I don't know whether home ground advantage is such a great thing. But Ben Campbell, as you said, has been twice runner up here. He got beaten in a playoff. Uh, I think when Mike Hendry won, uh, he got beaten in a playoff and then he got he finished, might have finished second last year as well. So he's got some good form around the golf course. And as we know, since that, uh, since, uh, that runner-up finished last year, he won the Hong Kong Open, which is a fairly significant event on the Asian Tour. Uh, so he's had a good run of form, Ben Campbell, and uh, you'd have to think that he's got some sort of a chance. Daniel Hillier, interesting that he's got Steve Williams on the bag once again. Steve was caddy for Ryan Fox here in recent times, but with Fox really focusing his attention on the PGA Tour in the States, he's, uh, he caddy for Daniel Hillier here last year. But there is a bit of a concern about Daniel Hillier's back. Um, I was out yesterday and spent a bit of time with him, and Steve and I... Steve and I did a caddy clinic last night where we where we host about 90 or 100 caddies that are, that are uh, to a barbecue and a few drinks and um, and we just sort of talk about caddying. So it's um, but it's um, uh, yeah that's that's the concern about Daniel Hillier just how much that back is going to impact on his play this week. Aussies, who are the best of the Aussies? You've you've mentioned um, the defending champ is back. Brad Kennedy always seems to play well. What sort of form is he in? Well, he, the interesting thing about Brad Kennedy, he hasn't played since, uh, I think, December in, on the Japan Tour. Um, so he's had a bit of a break. He, I spoke to him at the airport uh, on the way here, and he, he's been really focusing attention on getting himself fit to play on the Japan Tour. So he's had quite a break uh, and really hasn't played much competitive golf. And I suppose that is some sort of an issue. But he does have a great record here. And, he's, of course, he's won this event. He won it at Clearwater initially. And then he did win it here a few years ago, Brad Kennedy, and he's been a regular contender here. So, I mean, if he can find form very quickly and get rid of that early rust, uh, then he might be some sort of a factor. But that's the question mark, I suppose, about that. Um, The other Australians, I think uh, the likes of Travis Smythe, who's been a tremendous performer on the Asian Tour over the last 12 to to maybe two years or so. I think he finished third or fourth on their order of merit last year. Uh, he's becoming a very consistent player. David Michaluzzi, who's, who now plays on the DP World Tour, but he's back here. He won the Order of Merit on the PGA Tour of Australasia last year and a number of titles. So those are a couple of the Australians that I think are worth keeping an eye on. But there are, you know, there are plenty of others there. And as you said, Brendan Jones. An interesting thing about Brendan Jones, typically at this time of the year, he hasn't played a lot prior to the New Zealand Open. It's become one of his favourite... Well, it is his favourite event. He just loves coming here. There's no doubt about that. And last year, finally, he broke through to win the tournament. It was quite an emotional victory. But this year, he's made a made a, a determined uh, bid to, to do well in the event by going and playing some of the smaller events in Australia over the last few weeks to try and get his game in some sort of shape before he tackles... Uh, the defence of his title. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. And as I said, he's playing with Steve Alcott in the opening two rounds uh, t- tomorrow and Friday. And it'll be uh, it'll be a fascinating viewing between to see how Jones, who's typically a long player, and Steve Alcott, who's adequate but not desperately long, to see how they match up. Big representation, as you say, with the co-sanction with Asian Tour and Japanese Tour. And I remember, oh, it must be... It must be 10, 12 years ago, and I think it was the first time they extended an invite to the Japanese Tour, and they sent six golfers 
down um, tightless bought them actually with the tightless rep John Bennett who was David Smale's caddy organised me to caddy for mm. one of them and I caddied for the same guy two years in a row and it was brilliant and those guys absolutely loved it in New Zealand we played up in Auckland both times but um, the representation from the Asian Tour and Japanese Tour there's going to be some names that we may not have heard but there's some very good golfers coming uh, from those parts of the world, well, they certainly, they certainly are. And Steph, you've got to call, remember too that the Japanese have done pretty well here. We remember the Dito Tanihara finished uh, had a one-shot lead playing the last over at the Hills a few years ago. Before he bogeyed the last, and Matt Griffin birdied it, and Matt Griffin went on to win the title. But I think also last year one of the Japanese players might have finished runner-up here. So they've become more and more accustomed to coming down here. They've brought a number of players down here. I think Hiroshi Iwata is playing here this week, and uh, there's a number of others that are very well credentialed in terms of the Japan Tour. And, of course, Brendan Jones himself. I know he's not Japanese, but he's a, he's a Japan Tour player. Uh, so the Japan Tour has a good representation here, and I think um, we're likely to see one or two of them contending by the end of the week, I would think. And then, then there's several players from the Asian Tour J- uh, jazz. Um, I always struggle with the second name. Jana uh, but, but that's good. Well, well done, Steph. <laughs> um, he's uh, been. A, he was a, an extremely prolific or uh, highly regarded talent a couple of years ago, and he got to the DP World Tour. The gloss has gone off his game a little bit, but he's an incredibly talented player, Jazz, and uh, he could feature as well. But. Yeah, that, that's the nice thing about this. You know, Michael Glading and John Hart, who uh, the tournament organises, they've done a good job in establishing some depth to this field. We don't get the superstars here, but really by Sunday, it's not a matter of who's not here, it's a matter of who is here. And, we, you know, we'll get a... Like last year, I think there were about 10 players with nine holes to go that potentially and genuinely could have had a chance of winning. So if we get that scenario again, we'll have a fabulous tournament. Talking to Bruce Young, live from the fairways at Millbrook. Finally, Bruce, you've you've walked around many, many golf courses in the world. Um, I'm a little bit biased. It's it's hard to beat the likes of Millbrook and Jack's Point down there. We're very blessed with golf courses. What what's it like for you through your lens as a championship golf course? Oh, I think well, I, I think first and foremost. This is an outstanding golf resort, and it wins lots of awards as a golf resort. It's a good quality golf course. It's not particularly demanding. We've seen some low scores around here, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, I'm just standing on the 18th fairway right now as I talk to you. Oh, sorry, the 17th fairway. The 18th is, of course, they, they, they reconfigure this golf course over the weekend and bring in one of the holes from the Remarkables 18. The, the 18th and they've built this beautiful amphitheatre around there they've redone that this year and when our listeners get a chance to watch it on television hopefully over the weekend they'll see what I mean but uh, it's just this is just a great venue in so many respects for the tournament irrespective of the quality of the golf course and I'm not downplaying it at all because it's a fine golf course but it's, it's the accommodation it's all the other facilities um, that make it just such a great tournament venue and of course being in the Queensland, Queenstown region, it's just a, um, it's just a, it's just an attractive region to come and play golf. But Millbrook itself, it's a fine golf course, and they've added the, uh, the new nine holes a couple of years ago, which really have allowed them now to have not only 27 holes, but they've now got the two 18s, which allows them to accommodate this particular tournament because of the nature of it with the pro-am format and the extended field. They can now accommodate the whole tournament on the one venue. Um, rather than splitting it as they have in the past. So it's really very successful in that regard. 
Bruce, you enjoy your weekend, your five, six days, however long you're going to be in Queensland. It's fantastic to have you part of the coverage of the New Zealand Golf Open, the 103rd down at Marlbrook. Uh, appreciate you taking the phone out of your pocket on the 17th fairway and having a yarn to us. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. Cheers, Steph. Bye. Thank you, Bruce, and a big thanks to Gallagher Golf, uh, exclusive partner of New Zealand Open, Gallagher Insurance has been helping Kiwis face their future with confidence for over 45 years. Um, <clears throat> I've got to learn to read the text messages while I'm interviewing. Um, Staffy from Carl. Ben Campbell has my money for the Open. If he gets in the top 10, you get a bonus bet from the TAB. Cheers, Carl. Yeah, and Bruce, what did he say? Second in the last two? Very good performer, and that's where he hones his craft when he's not on tour. Ben Campbell, um, had him on the show a couple of times. He's over his injuries and illnesses, etc., and he's making a decent, decent fist of it on the – he's on the Asian tour, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, not a bad bet is Ben Campbell. Let's just have a little Bo Peep what he's paying. And the Dan Hillier situation, didn't even have to ask him. He offered it up that there is a back issue for Dan Hillier. He is still the favourite at 12s, so he might sneak it. Out. He's probably he's, – I'd risk him meaning I wouldn't back him because a back for a golfer, not great. Second favourite is Kazuma Kabori at $13 and then Ben Campbell at 21 Travis Smythe, who uh, Bruce mentioned, he's at 21 Brad Kennedy uh, coming in fresh at 23 Stevie Elka at 26 uh, David McAluzzi is one that I will have a very close watch on. He's at $31 and there's a nice... Um, Partnership, uh, so Ian Botham is playing as one of the celebrity amateurs and he is playing with the professional Scott Strange. Now Scott Strange I've caddied for in the New Zealand Open and so Ian Botham, I've owned a horse with him. So I'm very invested in that twosome. Scotty's paying about 200 bucks. Speaking of bad backs, he's got a horrendous back. I can't believe he's still playing. Um, just keeps on trucking. Nick Voke at 41. Um... Josh Geary, he's always annoying in these tournaments. He's he's he can be good on his day. He's at sixty-one. Um, let's go down into the hundreds. Todd Sinnott, not a bad Aussie. So anyway, uh, top ten New Zealand Open. Ben Campbell, thirty-two. So um, there we go. Uh, Staffy, my son is caddying for Tomuharu Otsuki. Please ask Bruce, does he like his chances? Sorry, Chris, I didn't see that. Toma. Tomaharu, Tomaharu. Have to look up what he's paying. I'd say he'd be roughish. But there'll be sneaky good players from the Japanese and the Asian tour. Um, a sneaky one. I've been sent through a tip. Hi, Mark. I just have to open that one up. Hastings race five. Insatiable. Final field win. $3.50. Looks a special. Good luck from KK. Good on you, KK. Don't mind a three fifty. I'm so looking forward to the New Zealand Atlas, Leanne and Palmerston North. Always an important text message to get to the show. I'm so looking forward to the New Zealand Golf Open. So many great players turning up. Go my favourite player, Michael Hendry. I'm so pleased he is back. So am I. What a victory. What, what a 12 months for that man. And he won the New Zealand Open for 20, 2017, something like that. And he looks hungry. Hungry and a very talented golfer as well is Michael Hendry. So 
big thanks to Gallagher. Um, they're the exclusive partner for the New Zealand Open. Right, we shall take a break on the other side of that. I'll dive deep into the New Zealand Open odds and see if I can spot some on the TAB update.